This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. And when I want to listen to a great wrestling podcast, well, I'll listen to my own. But if I really want to listen to a great wrestling podcast, I listen to ROH Cast right here on ROHworld.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of ROH Cast. My name's Harry. I'm the web designer and co owner of ROHworld.com. Once again, I'm here with Stephen, the editor and co owner of the website. Hi, everyone. And also John, one of our staff writers. How's it going? Uh, this is the first episode of 2012, so we're going to do um, take a look back at 2011, review some of the key events, uh, announce the winners of our awards, which are on our website, and take a look forward into 2012 and answer some questions we've got from the forum. We're going to begin by talking about our awards for 2011. Um, we recently announced these on our website. Um, all of the ROHworld.com staff or, or team, so to speak, um, we discussed this on, on like the private forum saying who should get each award. Um, we managed to agree eventually, and uh, we've also got fan awards up on the forum, so you can vote. I think the deadline is Saturday, so hopefully by the time you're hearing this, it won't have passed the deadline, hopefully. But um, the first award was for moment of the year. Um, there's quite a few, you know, considerations for this, but in the end, we went with Eddie Edwards winning the world title from Roderick Strong at Manhattan Mayhem. Now, in the discussion for this, I was not actually it was you two that were voting for this, so um, I'll shut up and you know share the, my my opinion afterwards. But Stephen, you know, why was this your moment of the year? I think it was just because it was the most unexpected of the year. I mean, I think going into that match, no one really expected Eddie to win. I mean, not because you know maybe he didn't deserve it or Whatever, it's just that Strong was, you know, Strong's title run was getting better and better as it as it went on because the start was a bit, <clears throat> a bit average. So everyone, you know, everyone was expecting David to win the belt next, and you know he was getting the next world champ chance and all that. So I think everyone was expecting Strong to have the belt for a couple of more months and then drop it to the Davy. But um, you know, I think especially the world title, they, when it changes hands, it's it's so, you know, it's so important because it doesn't happen very often. So. When somebody does win the world title, it's such a big, uh, you know, everyone makes such a big thing out of it. And um, I remember, on, I think I was actually following the the event on Twitter at the time, because I think it was, um, I, I don't know why, I think it was a special start time like, earlier in the day. And um, yeah, everyone was just going crazy about it. And I, th- I believe he actually, he trained on Twitter, didn't he, Eddie Edwards? Mm, yeah, so he I did. think he was the That's first ever. That's how I found out about it. Yeah, he's yeah. the first ever sort of ring runner guy to, to train on Twitter, so... Um, yeah, it was quite a big talking point, and I think it was just because it was just—I mean, it was a great match, and the actual event itself was great, and it was such, you know, unexpected. And I think everyone sort of recognised that Eddie deserved it. So all in all, it was just yeah, it was just a, a great moment, really. Yeah, because when the Ring of Honor title changes hands, it's, it's always you know a big moment in the company, because it's you know more is it changes hands uh, less often than belts and other companies do. So when you see it, it's, you know, truly is something special. And yeah, I was sitting at my friend's house, and I just happened to get on my phone and check Twitter, and I see on the side Eddie Edwards, and so I just click it, and I see like you know a thousand tweets, you know, Eddie Edwards are a champion. I just you know was like you know just freaking out, and I was talking to my friend, he's like you know he doesn't he's not really a wrestling fan, he's like so what? I'm like you know you need to shut your mouth. This is my (laughs) moment. So you know, and I was and I was all happy about it, and you know, and actually getting to see the match, you know, it built the excitement to actually actually buy this show. And, you know, the whole show was great, as Steven said. And it was just like a great moment to see, like, how the crowd was just going insane and everything. It was it was just a, I don't know, just, just made me happy to see, I guess. I think that, that's the, the thing that really 
you know, puts Ring of Honor out from the crowd is that how, you know, it's, when people win titles in, you know, WWE and TNA, it's just, it's just another thing. I mean, the belts just don't really hold much importance anymore. And, you know, in Ring of Honor, you have the whole locker room coming out and Carrie Selden coming out. It's just sort of like passing of the torch. And I think everyone, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I think everybody does actually believe that whoever holds the world title is, you know, the best wrestler in the world. And I think a lot of people sort of recognise that. So, um, yeah, credit to Ring of Honor for, you know, over the years, they've, they've still kept... The, the world title and all the titles really just so important and uh, you know really means something to when people win it. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree. It was you know it, a great moment, but it wasn't on pay per view. That, that's the only reason I didn't vote for this is that I doubt many people have actually seen this because it was only available on DVD. Um, what I went for when I was uh, we were discussing this was Kevin Steen at Best in the World. Um, I thought that was such a fantastic moment and everyone was talking about that the day after I mean it was like a five minute segment of like a three hour show and it wasn't even a match but that's all everyone was talking about and I thought that was the most sort of memorable standout moment for me of the year um, is there anything you'd like to say you know why you didn't vote for Steen at Best in the World perhaps or I think you could have picked Steen at Best in the World or, or Steen at Final Battle really I mean mm. I, I just think because as you know as I said that winning the world title in Ring one is such a massive thing that you know Steen's been so great this year, but I just think winning the world title is that you know the, the goal that everyone sort of aspires to in Ring of Honor and every wrestling company really that everybody wants to be the top dog. So for mm. uh, someone to win, you know, win the belt in such you know, surprising circumstances as well, I, th- I think that's why I went for it anyway. Um, I think the other sort of contender for this award was Davy's sort of post-match speech at. Um best in the world um i i think that was landon and perhaps and dave that were pushing that one forward um anything you'd like to share about that moment at all i mean it was what was needed at the time after the after david won the title you know it was an emotional moment it was you know a year year and a half of build up to that moment mm. and it was all based around you know the his troubles outside of like outside of wrestling and everything he's had to go through to build up and you know it was it was it was a great moment, yeah. But... It was it was, a, it was an emotional moment, but it wasn't like a sort of surprising or memorable and like stand out as you know the Edwards sort of moment was and the Steen one as well personally. Um, and you know he's done similar speeches. He tried to do one at Final Battle, and he's talked about those issues a lot on the TV show. So I think that sort of took away some of the effect of that moment. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's that's also what I thought about Kevin Steen as well because. You know, we started expecting that out of Steen. Sorry, expecting that out of Davy. It kind of uh, got not watered down, but became the norm. So, mm. and instead of just being like, "Holy crap, that just happened," we were just waiting for it to happen. Yeah. And while it was still great, it wasn't as you know as great as like, of a shocking moment as you know Eddie Edwards' title win was. And that's pretty much why I went with the uh, Eddie Edwards. Uh, the next award on the list was for Match of the Year, and uh, this went to Richards Edwards II at Best in the World. Um, I think it was pretty unanimous on this, if I remember rightly, but um, this match, it was it was fantastic. I think it really defi- defines this year in Ring of Honor. Um, it's a shame that you know the third one, Final Battle, didn't live up to expectations, but you know, what, what do you think of this match overall, and why was it you know your favourite match of the year? I think it was a pretty much perfect match from from both of them really. I don't think they could have done much more to make it, you know, even better because 
I mean, the, the problem was it was so good that I think that was the main reason why they failed to really, you know, reach them heights at final battle is that they tried to, you know, do a sort of similar match um, and try and better it when I don't think there was any anywhere they could. I mean, everything surrounding that match, you know, the, the build-up to it, the, the actual match itself and, and what happened after the match, I think all of it was just, you know, perfect really. So I don't think mm. um, they could top it or, you know, anyone, anyone else top it because, I mean, that, you know, match of the year is such a hard thing to pick in Ring of Honor because obviously you've got so many great matches and then there's so many great matches that are not on iPay with you that you might not see and um, you know it's just so hard to uh, sort of pick but when you've got a match that's that good with so much you know behind it and then you know for the world title as well and uh, again it really sort of you know it seemed like a passing the torch moment to, to Dave he finally got sort of uh, you know the, the big title win that people have been saying he's, he's going to get for three or four years really with the uh, you know, with a chance and stuff. So I think all, you know, all of it was just, uh, you know, just worked so well, all of it together. Yeah, pretty much uh, what even said. Are there any other matches you considered for this, John, when you were thinking of what to vote for? Uh, I thought of uh, Eddie and uh, Roderick Strong from Manhattan Mayhem for just just because of the whole. It was it was a great match and a great ending and great moment. Um, another match that stands out, I'm not sure if it would be best match ever, one of my favorites, was uh, Briscoe's and All Night Express at Honor Takes Center Stage Chapter 2. I think it was the second night they had the match where uh, pretty much everybody, it was just like a, everybody was just like, bleeding all over the place. It was just like chaos the entire match. Mm. And uh, I thought I had one more, but I'm just blanking on it right now. <laughs> I think Steven, from, go on. So, I, sorry, I think from the, sort of the more recent events, I think Maybe Eddie against Roderick Strong in the, um, the Ringmaster Challenge. I think that was that was great. I'm not sure it'd be up there as match to the match of the year, but I think it's definitely, you know, one of the better ones of the year. Mm. Um, uh, obviously, Carino and Steen at, um, at Final Battle was was pretty great as well. So um, definitely a lot of top candidates, wasn't there for this? Yeah, one? I believe was it Eddie against Christopher Daniels? I think it was at the Undertake Center Stage. I think it was Chapter One, the first one. Yeah, I mean that 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 was mm. great as well. I was I always enjoyed Edwards against uh, Daniels and, um, but yeah, I mean you could go back and you could probably rewatch every event of the year and could come up with another five or six matches that were just brilliant. So uh, yeah, it's such a hard one to pick really. But I think yeah, I think Eddie and Davey sort of deserve it. Mm. Uh, the next award on our list was for Show of the Year, which is actually transitions well from Match of the Year because it was a uh, Best in the World 2011. Um, this was the iPay-per-view that took place in June and was headlined by um, Richard Edwards 2. Also on the card was a, a, f- a four-way tag team match with uh, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team winning against the Ornock Express, the Briscoes and Kings of Wrestling, um, defending the tag titles. Uh, El Generico also defeated Daniels for the TV title. Um, unfortunately, that reign didn't last very long. And uh, Kevin Steen also showed up after Carino's loss to Michael Elgin. So there were some great matches and moments uh, on this event, and uh, why don't you share some thoughts and memories from Best in the World? Uh, I know we discussed the the main event just obviously one match of the year, and so it's fitting that you know that the event with match of the year also wins uh, you know show of the year as well. Mm. Um, so I suppose similar to the the match, obviously the the shows that people won't have seen that have, you know weren't I pay per view. I mean, Manhattan Mayhem Four was definitely up there, um, probably my second choice really. Hang on. And then, <laughs> what? Is there outside interference from the podcast there? 
Well, okay, something just popped up in my, on my computer saying how to save a lot of money. It was like a news <laughs> report. That was weird. It knows our age world is losing money. He's trying to help us. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, what were you saying, Stephen, about uh, <laughs> about the show? Yeah, Manhattan Main 4 would probably be my second choice, really. Um, yeah, that was great. And then the uh, on-take sense stage shows were, were great. Night 1 especially was uh, you know, really a standout. But I think Best in the World, it just had so much... You know, just you just had everything really. I mean, you have the big title win, just the brilliant match, and then you know you got the tag titles defended in what was probably wrestling's greatest tag team's last sort of you know great match as well with the titles. Um, which mm. was yeah, just downhill, didn't it really? Yeah, and it's one of the last um, appearances for the Kings of Wrestling as well. But that I remember that being quite a good match, and um, yeah, Generico, you know, won his first singles title in ROH, and well, that might have not ended that well. Uh, it was quite a big t- uh, thing at the time, and obviously, uh, I, th- I believe it was Daniels' last um, appearance, wasn't it, in ROH as well, which was mm. a shame. But um, yeah, I, I, that was a good, good match. And then you have, you know, Kevin Steen doing, you know, saying what he said and just creating loads of havoc after sort of convincing Karina that he was a changed man and all that stuff. Um, wow. So Lethal sort of made his return, didn't he? Yeah, he uh, faced Bennett as well, and uh, Cabana made one of his last appearances when he uh, lost to Champa. So. Yeah, so I mean. I mean, you look at that that card, and there isn't really a match that you know doesn't sort of give you something or doesn't have something you know unique. Uh, mm. So I think it it just had everything really. Yeah, uh, everything sort of came together at the right time, and it was just uh, you know, a great event. The uh, the next award on our list was for feud of the year. Um, there's quite a few also here to consider, but in the end we went for Kevin Steen versus ROH. It was quite a difficult one to sort of brand, really. Is it Steen versus Carino? You know, is it Steen versus Cornette? But I think the best way to sum it up is just Steen versus ROH because not only did it provide you know the fantastic match at Final Battle, it had some of the great moments. It had the amazing lawyer face on the TV show. It had uh, the best in the world appearance. You know, Effering of Honor. It had uh, all the build going up towards it, you know, when he hacked the forum and things like that. So I think it just, considering there's only one match in this feud, I think that just shows how well it was built, you know, to still win feud of the year with only having one match. Uh, John, what did you think of this feud over the past year? Well, it it was a great feud. It was uh, perfectly built with, I think, because uh, I think we all knew when uh, Generico beat Steen at uh, Final Battle, 2010 that we're going to see Stan again eventually like we all knew that you know when people are you know lose matches that force them to leave a company or leave a show they often just come back you know with it pretty much unmentioned mm. now like the fact that you know it was a good six months of not even really mentioning Stan you know just limit like just trying to remove him from, I guess, our conscience. So it, that he was all censored, us, wasn't he, on the website? He was all starred out on there. Yeah, just basically <laughs> trying to, like, you know, uh, remove on. his name from the legacy of Ring of Honor. And then mm. when he did show up, it was such a shock. Like, it, it was expected that he was going to show up because they announced he was coming. But it was a perfectly built to where he would, where he turned on everybody. Mm. And just that moment was such a cool moment to see. And just the feud, how it built up and into the match. It was just... It was just really fun to watch, and it was just a perfect build to the match. It's interesting, you know, that he did lose the um, sort of loser leaves match and was was gone for six months. But you compare that to WWE when CM Punk left and he was gone, or in storyline left, and he's gone for a week. 
So yeah. it just shows the uh, the big contrast between the way those sort of storylines went. And uh, you know, Stephen, any thoughts on this feud, or perhaps you know others you were considering? I think others. I mean, I, I think ANX and the Briscoes was, uh, you know, definitely up there. I think thinking now, I, I probably if I was voting again, I'd probably give it to that one just because that you know there were so many great matches. I mean, they must have had about at least six matches throughout the year. I, but every... I think. Too many matches ruined that feud, personally, for I me. Think that, I think so if they would have had less, then it, I would have perhaps considered it yeah, more. It was, but... it, was like, it was like they were like wrestling every single weekend when they were, like every time they had like a show there, it was on Night Express versus Briscoe. It became a bit of overkill after a while. Mm. Mm. I, I think it would have been okay if they had, you know, after Ladder War 3, that was it. But for some reason, they intended on, you know, they had the two matches on TV, which sort of, that, I think that sort of, Left to sour taste in people's mouths because that was the last thing they sort of remember from that. Feud. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a proper ending to the feud, was it? Nah, I mean, yeah. you, you look at some of the matches they had. Um, you know, Supercard of Honor Six with the Street Fight. You had the, um, you know, that that, that match on a take center stage where all of, uh, I think all of them apart from Kenny King were just bleeding so much it was insane. I remember Jay Briscoe was sort of just like spewing blood from from his forehead. That was just crazy. That match was, that, that match was insane and. The original match that sort of started it all at Manhattan Mayhem 4, that, that was just like a really good double term where I think that was sort of the start of ANX um, really progressing and the Briscoes really freshened up their characters by doing that as well. So I think it, I think they're a bit sh- maybe a bit short-changed by us there, but um, you know just for the amount of effort and the you know how many great matches they did put on, but just well, Kevin Steen against you know Kevin Steen he's just he's just so good and. You know, for one match all year, and he's been the most talked about guy in the company. It's just, mm. it's just crazy. And I think the the thing with this feud is, it's still, it's still got so much to give as well. I mean, this could end up being the feud of the year for the 2012 awards as well. It's just, yeah, you know, it's, it really could. It's basically been going on for, you know, for a year now since since last, you know, final about 2010. I mean, I think everybody expected Steam to come back at some point, just didn't know how or when. And mm. as you said, if it had been WWE had been back within a week or something. So I'm glad they sort of held off for a while and they had the whole in, you know, he was changed and everything. And I think the the way they've managed to keep it relevant and even without Steam actually having a match was just brilliant. So yeah, um, I think everybody sort of played their part in, in this storyline as well. Even I think Jimmy Jacobs has been underused since he returned, but even his sort of brief cameos in, you know, in the video wires and behind Carino and, I think yeah, everybody sort of played their part, and even even Jim Cornette has just been brilliant in this. <laughs> His reactions at the final battle match were just <laughs> were just great, and when he started trying to like punch Dean in that segment on the TV show, and oh yeah, sort of that that was just brilliant. So I think everybody sort of deserves credit for this one, but um, I think that's basically why I got voted the best, just because it's just it's been so compelling, and mm. it, you know it's just it's intriguing as to where it will go next as well. Mm. Um, it's a good thing that you mentioned about you know the Unite Express sort of double turn with the Briscoes and how that led to them them sort of improving over the past year because uh, the next award is for most improved of the year which uh, was won by the Unite Express. Um, I think uh, there was some debate on I think someone on, on the team sort of voted just for Reptitis but overall the decision went to you know Unite Express as a team just because of the sort of evolution they've took over the past year going from that sort of they were heels at the start of the year with that sort of party sort of gimmick sort of thing and they sort of scrapped that became a bit more serious and focused and had some fantastic matches with the briscoes um 
think I'm a bit disappointed personally that they didn't actually get the belts because it did feel like they had so much momentum behind them that you know it was time to give them the belts and it looks like you know with Rhett being injured and the Briscoes being champs we might not see that for a while now but um, you know what are your thoughts on on Express improvement over the past year? They pretty much went from like the comedy tag team of the division to being one of the most like being a serious tag team that's in serious contention for the titles and from where they were a year ago to where they are now it's just night and day it's just completely different mm. and uh i've always been a fan of kenny king i've always been a fan of rent titus and i never and i i enjoyed their work but i never thought they were you know the best at in the uh, company but after this past year you have to rank them as a tag team as one of the best and in, in ring of honor and that's just a testament to how much they've improved in the last 12 months and how how you know how the feud with the Briscoes you know help them out and help them get over more, mm. and I really think that in 2012 they are going to hold the titles at some point, depending on when Titus recovers her injury, and that injury really couldn't come at a worse time. Yeah, because really they seemed bad. they were on the verge of getting the titles, but I guess uh, we're going to have to wait and wait a few more months to finally get get to see them win the belts. I think the reason you said in a, on the website that they're still getting the title shot whenever you know Red Titus does return, so that's definitely a good thing. Steven, yeah, I mean, oh, go on. I think the, they'll build up to sort of an you know I should imagine the Briscoes will still be champs when Titus comes back. I think he's only going to be out for a couple of months, so I think they should really build up to that match with the, the Briscoes. I'm not sure if they're, they're going to win it at the first attempt, but um, I just hope they don't sort of give them. You know they don't keep losing their the title opportunities because you know they've done it before with you know with guys like Tyler Black and Robert Strong people like that and people just become a bit burnt out. Mm. But um, yeah, like John said, I mean the improvement they've made is just you know it's, it's just brilliant because you know coming into the year they were just sort of you know they they were great in the ring but people you know they weren't taking themselves seriously. People couldn't really take them seriously. They weren't. You know, it didn't really matter if they won matches. They, you know, they went out, they did this thing, and just, you know, went. That was it, really. But since that man, you know, Manhattan Mayhem match, um, I think we have to sort of credit the Briscoes here. They've managed to really sort of put over ANX as, you know, equals with them, really. I mean, they've, mm. they've managed to keep up with them in the ring, and I think they've both improved sort of on the promo side of it as well. I think they've both delivered some really, you know, sort of intense promos. You both a bunch of ducks. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not that one, but um, yeah, just, like during the, the the feud, especially like on the video wires and stuff, they did some pretty good promos. So, mm. um, uh, in my opinion, they should be the next tag champs, but I'm not sure if, if they will be. But I think um, you know, some like point in 2012, definitely. Yeah, like we've all said, I think that they just need that bit extra just to sort of elevate themselves to sort of a top team because I think whenever you get you know, they're the sort of team now that you can just throw them in the ring with anyone, really, and that you know you're going to get a good match out of them. So, mm. you know, dependable teams like that are always good to have. And, um, yeah, I'd like to see them become champs sometime in 2012. Definitely. Uh, the next award on the list is for Breakout Star of the Year. Um, this went to uh, Michael Elgin, um, who won this year's Survival of the Fittest tournament, and uh, which earns himself a title shot in 2012. Um, he's had, you know, such a great year, and he's he's definitely improved a lot as well himself, I think. And uh, I could, I don't think he'll win the title necessarily next year, but he's someone that I think will be definitely a top contender and, you know, a big star in the future of Ring of Honor. Um, John, what are your thoughts on Elgin? 
Hogan has become one of my favorite wrestlers on in Ring of Honor. He went from getting a chance of you can't wrestle at the ninth anniversary show to uh, winning Survival of the Fittest and having one of the better matches on Final Battle. And he has become a wrestler like a lot of, I think, Ring of Honor fans really like and really enjoy watching. He provides something different to the company, as most guys are kind of uh, falling in some of the same categories. Michael Elgin is something completely different than the rest of the roster. Mm. And uh, he's just fun to watch. I, I love watching his matches. And he's, I don't know, he, he's more, and it, it, this award could have gone to people like uh, Kyle O'Reilly and that, Kyle, o, Kyle O'Reilly. And <laughs> there we go. For me to say. And Adam Cole, you know, they've, you know, really come on as future shock this year. Mm. But I, but I think more than anybody, Michael Elkin has, had the breakout year in Ring of Honor in 2011. I think, you know, some of the the moves he does in his matches really impressed me. He's sort of like doing one move to two guys. I think that's become one of his sort of signatures. And uh, it's just really, it's just fantastic when he does things like that. And it's it's interesting that, you know, he's, he's sort of like the powerhouse that's getting like quite a big push. And, you know, there's some similarities to Champa there, but it's just showing the contrast, you know, that Champa just seemed to, not necessarily be improving, but Elgin, you know, seems to be consistently improving and putting on great matches. Like the one with TJP at Final Battle was probably my second favorite of the show. It was one of the few we didn't sort of bury, so to speak, <laughs> sake, on the podcast. But um, Stephen, you know, any thoughts on Elgin or perhaps someone else you uh, were considering as sort of like an outlier, so to speak? I think similar to what John said, he's he's quickly become probably one of my favorite favorite guys to uh, sort of watch in the ring. I mean. I think the the thing is he just offers so something so much different to the rest of the guys on the roster and but he, you know he manages to bring sort of you know the, the strength and the you know power moves but he he still doesn't sort of lose the the ring of honor style which I think he's just he's, he's the way he's managed to do it is just brilliant um, I think it took him a while to sort of learn the sort of style and how to sort of pace matches and stuff to the sort of the ring of honor fans as John said he got some chance at um ninth anniversary show but since since then he's just been getting better and better and even when he loses he just comes out looking so great because as you say you know he's he's picking two cars up at the same time and slamming them both at the same time and you know he's just he's just really impressive to, to watch and um yeah he's, he's probably one of my favorite guys to, to watch at, at the moment i think he's he's consistently putting on great matches with whoever he faces um as you say, that the match at final battle was was one of the best of the of the night, and that was the opener. So, mm. um, I'd like to see him have some matches with the likes, you know, longer matches with the likes of Davey and uh, Eddie, just to see how well he does in sort of an extended sort of match. Because um, I think, yeah, I think singles is where he's going to really uh, really come out on uh, on top in ROH. I know they're sort of going along the lines of him and Strong in a tag team at the moment, but. I think you know down the road he can be, you know the, the sort of top guy in Ring of Honor. I really, you know, really see him holding the belt at some stage and being sort of a, a dominating, um, dominating guy. Mm. Uh, the next award was for Tag Team of the Year. Um, there was quite a, definitely, you know, RH has got such a stacked tag team division. So so many guys to consider here. But in the end, uh, the award went to the Briscoes, the uh, current tag team champions. I believe that's their seventh reign. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I think you know they've 
they've been one of the best parts of the TV show in the you know the late half of this year, and obviously had the great matches with uh, All Night Express, putting one of the you know one of the best feuds of the year, then going on to you know having some I wouldn't say the matches with the Wrestling's Great Tag Team were sort of fantastic because that one at Final Battle was really confusing, but you know there's there was some good build to that, good promos leading towards it, and uh, some of the videos they do on the um, ROH YouTube are fantastic, but we'll never see those on SBG unfortunately, but. Um, <laughs> Stephen, you know, why did you pick, you know, the Briscoes to be tag team of the year? I think the Briscoes have just done, done so well this year. I mean, me personally, I think towards the end of last year and the beginning of, um, so beginning of 2011, and even the first few months, I think they were they were maybe just get, getting a bit stale. I think people were just sort of seeing the same thing from every time, and they were coming out and just doing their stuff and. I think people were just itching for something different from them, and since that that match against ANX at Manhattan Mayhem Four, they've just completely reinvented themselves. I think mm. without sort of losing any of, you know, how how great they are. Um, I think they've really sort of just they've they've got better. I think they're better now than they've ever been, if I'm honest. I think, and I think that's just testament to how good they've done because you know they've been so so good, and they're probably. The first names, really, when you think of Ring of Honor, you think of the Briscoes, especially in tag teams. You know, they are, you know, they are the tag team of Ring of Honor, really, and they're always saying how they've been there since day one. And um, yeah, but I think that the way they've just reinvented themselves and they've just, you know, just got better and better as the years gone on. And um, I mean, the, the the fans just absolutely love them. I mean, you see that final battle, even though they were the supposed heels, they just mm. they've been getting probably near enough as to what sort of um, reaction Kevin Steen's getting as well. They're both sort of getting really, you know, massive um, reaction from the crowd. So, um, yeah, I mean, in the ring, they, they're they as good as ever. They're putting on great matches. So, I think that's probably why they've been given Tag Team of the Year because, really, they've um, they've just been, you know, just been brilliant. Mm. John, any sort of thoughts to share or other tag teams you were considering? Well, I have to agree with Stephen. Like, around this time last year, there were stick they were stale. They were just kind of coming out doing the same thing mm. every time. And it was just stuff we'd, we'd seen for a couple of years out of them. And while it was still good, it was just the same old, same old. And, you know, this new aggressive streak and these videos on YouTube have really uh, made me a fan of them again because I was starting to kind of uh, not like them as much as I had before. And just, you know, their feud with On Express and the videos on YouTube and their new aggressive streak really made me uh, become a big fan of the Briscoes again. But other uh, teams I considered ha- has to be the uh, All Night Express after the year they had, um, you know, lat- you know their feud with the Briscoes, the, you know, all the crazy matches they've had, the way they've improved, the uh, just what they've put themselves through to, you know, put them in- to make themselves a top team in Ring of Honor. Uh, Future Shock is a yet is a with a choice uh, I thought about because. They're always a great team to watch. I always put on really good matches, but they haven't really been used as a tag team enough. And now it mm. looks like O'Reilly's more going towards Team Richards than Future Shock, which is kind of even a, a bad taste. In my, yeah, yeah, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But you know, when they are a tag team, they put on great matches almost every time. And I also thought about the, you know, briefly about the Young Bucks, but they haven't been around long enough in 2011 to you know name them Tag Team of the Year. Mm. So just and. So just because of how great of a year they had, combined with how they kind of uh, rejuvenated themselves, I had to go with the Briscoes. But I, I wouldn't have been against All Night Express winning either. 
What about the um, the Kings? I'm surprised neither of you have mentioned the Kings. I think that was who I was originally going to pick. Um, but, you know, they were tag team champions for the majority of the year and they had some, I think, and I can't remember a bad match of theirs personally. And it, you know, it is really disappointing that they did leave and didn't really get sort of like a proper send off or anything. They just sort of had that match on the TV show and that was it. Um, you know, what do you think of the Kings over the past year? And it was, they, you know, their last year in Ring of Honor? Well, I think. When they... Well, when they were, you know, a team, and in Ring of Honor, they were probably the best tag team in the world. They were just that good. They were just great to watch. Mm. But the reason I didn't vote for them is because they were no longer in Ring of Honor, and they're kind of, they've kind of fallen off the radar a bit with Heroes' uh, troubles with not being able to sign with the WWE and Castagnoli being in uh, FCW. If like then the team kind of fell off the radar, and while we can still look back at all the great matches they had. Uh, just the past you know, few months of them not teaming together and seeing what the Briskets have done, what Auto Express have done, kind of put them on the back burner when it comes to who I thought of to vote for. Mm. Yeah, similar to what John said. I think you know, they, they were so good, but um, you know, they held the belt for about, was about four months of, of the year and then they, they dropped it. You know, their, their reign was just so good. I mean, it was almost a year, and even their matches towards the end of the run was just. They're as good as the ones at the start. They just never, they never really uh, sort of stepped off like you know wrestling's great tag team did. The, the matches just kept at a consistent level. I think that's mm. what that's why they kept the bouts for so long. Really, um, I think after they lost the bouts, it was a bit disappointing because they just sort of they started having more singles matches. I know um, Hero had a title shot didn't he against was it uh, uh, the Revolution Canada show against Edwards and I know Claudio was having a couple of singles matches as well. So I think that's probably why. They didn't really come into my thinking. Obviously, they weren't there for the whole year as well. But mm. I think that you know, I mean, that shows you how good the Briscoes were. That they've had, you know, there's so many great tag teams in ROH, and the fact that the Briscoes have managed to reinvent themselves really and uh, become seven-time champions is quite something. Mm. And uh, that transitions to the sort of final award of the year, and uh, probably the sort of biggest one. It's for uh, wrestler of the year. Um, there's obviously definitely a lot of top candidates for this uh, of some fantastic matches and uh, so many different guys to choose from but in the end um, it ended up as sort of being a unanimous sort of agreement um, Eddie Edwards won our award for wrestler of the year um, that's uh, sort of three awards in one for Edwards you know with his match at best in the world and a uh, moment for winning the belt but uh, yeah, Stephen you know why do you think Edwards is the best wrestler in a ring of honor of the past year um, I mean I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, really, because I mean, this is another one. I mean, David Richards would definitely be up there for me as well. I just think Edwards has just had such a, a fantastic year in terms of, you know, he's, he's solidified himself as one of the top names. I think coming into 2011, he'd have been up there, but I think people still had sort of reservations about how, you know, he, could he sort of do it on his own without Richards? And mm. um, I think he can, you know, he definitely answered those critics this year without, well, 2011, sorry, um by having just consistently great matches. I can't really remember you know, him having a even sort of average match. I think all his matches were just so good. Um, obviously, you know, he won the bout at Manhattan Mayhem. I was a bit disappointed that his total, total reign didn't last a bit longer, but I think he was just sort of caught in the middle between um, sort of Strong's total run and obviously they wanted to give the bout to Richard. But, um, yeah, I think Edwards has just sort of... He's just improved so much. I mean, I think... And he's another one that could maybe have won the most improved because, um, yeah, and that says something because you know in 2010 he wasn't you know he wasn't bad by any by any means. And obviously he won Survivor of the Fittest, but I think 2011 he's just sort of um, evolved as a guy in the ring. He's evolved as a sort of character out of it as well, and 
he just keeps you know keeps getting better and better and um, that's why I personally would say he's you know rest of the year he's just been just been so good for the for the whole period really. John, anything to uh, comment? Yeah, there's really not much I could, else I could add to what Stephen said. It was pretty, pretty much said everything I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that wraps up our awards for 2011. Um, you can also share your opinions on our forum, rohworld.com slash forum, and where you can vote in our fan awards for exactly the same categories. And we'll announce the winners of those uh, on next week's podcast and also on the website as well, probably on Sunday, I think. There's also a great in-depth article on the website written by Stephen where he takes a look back at some of 2011's greatest moments, so uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, also there's um, an article also written by Stephen about all the awards, and it's got a brief paragraph as a... Uh, why each wrestler or tag team won that specific award. Well, I'm going to take a look forward into uh, 2012, perhaps share some ideas of what we'd like to see changed in Ring of Honor, and just really our expectations, uh, see if it can top the great year that 2011 was. Well, you know, I did recently write an article about my uh, five, <laughs> New Year, five New Year's resolutions for Ring of Honor in 2012, and I think it's something that a lot of people had been saying before, uh, but uh, here, here are just my five things. I'm going to quickly just go through them. Uh, one would be Kevin Steen to win the world title. Uh, he is probably the best thing going in independent wrestling, and maybe all of you can make the argument all of wrestling at the moment. Uh, he's just so hot, and it makes sense for Ring of Honor to cap- capitalize on that. Mm. Number two is to elevate. We, sorry okay, to interrupt you, but <laughs> when would you like to see you know Steen win the belt? Because you know the next high pay per view is um, Showdown in the Sun, but. Some people are saying they'd like to see the match at the 10th anniversary show in New York in March or February, I believe. Um, you know, when do you think is sort of the right time to do it? Because, you know, they need to obviously have a decent build, but they don't want to, you know, put it off too long. I think the 10th anniversary show is, is way too soon for that. I think, mm. isn't it February, I think? Yeah, and I it's not they... even an eye pay view, is it? So No, I, I, I honestly think he'll probably win it at Final Battle. I don't, I just don't see before then, you know, where they're going to have a chance to do it because... Yeah, you know, they keep sort of hinting at Generico wanting revenge for when he comes back, and I think it will take him a couple of months to come back. Uh, I probably expect Generico and Steen probably uh, at the Showdown at the Sun event. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I just don't think Steen can just walk back into sort of a title shot because obviously with, with Cornet and everybody just sort of completely against him, they're going to make it so hard for him to earn a title shot that he's going to have to... He's basically going to have to decimate everyone he faces and then eventually... He's going to keep, you know, attacking Richards and Bad Mazim until, or whoever else is champion, until they basically just, you know, demand their match with him. So, I, I, I think, you know, if they do make it out, make it to final battle with, you know, a, a world title match, it's just how they get there. I mean, how are they going to manage? I think to... that's, yeah, that's a long time, isn't it? A whole year, and that'd be a whole yeah. year with Richards as champion as well, because. Um, you know, he's already said some things about Richards, you know, when he wasn't there at Death Before Dishonor. And now, you know, he went right to his face, basically, at Final Battle and said things about him and Team Richards. So it looks like, you know, Richards is going to be the guy that he's going to feud with for the belt. And that would mean, you know, a whole other year of Richards as a champion. I mean, I don't know how they could make it last that long. And I think Steen needs to win on the first attempt. I think it, after all this build-up and after everything, I think it'd, make, it'd just be a bit stupid if he didn't win it on the, at the first attempt. Mm. Um so, yeah, I think in a perfect world it'd be a final battle, but it's just... I think know, that's too long, isn't it? How, yeah. how, how they get there, and they're going to have to sort of... Maybe they'll do some sort of steel cage warfare or maybe some sort of tag team match instead, like 
Davy and Elgin Erico against Steen and someone like he can recruit or someone like that. I mean, that I mean that that give fans sort of Richards against Steen in a way, but managed to hold off on the title match as well. Mm. I, mean, I think I they think... should um, personally perhaps the June pay per view, um, whichever that would be. Perhaps it'd be Death Before Dishonor or, or I don't know what it'd be at that yeah, next year. But I think you know doing it a whole year would be you know a bit too long personally. But you know he's he's got so much momentum that behind him right now that they don't want to risk losing any of that by you know delaying it because now he he is officially on the roster he can't just make these you know one-off appearances to keep sort of teasing the build he's gonna have to be sort of like a regular part of the show um and obviously there's tv tapings this weekend so they they often seem to start you know building up for the next pay-per-view straight away so um the the first set of tapings will give us an indication of you know who's going to be facing davy at showdown in the sun so um we'll be discussing the spoilers of that next week So uh, sorry to uh, interrupt you there, John, and sort of go off on a tangent a bit, but um, what was your second sort of resolution for the year? Well, the second New Year's resolution for 2012 would be to elevate talent. Uh, Ring of Honor kind of has a uh, thin main event scene at the moment with just pretty much Davey Richards, Eddie Edwards, and Roderick Strong pretty much dominating the main event scene mm-hmm. throughout 2011. And 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 uh, the last few months of the year, they uh, began to elevate talent by giving by having Michael Elgin win Survival of the Fittest and Jay Lethal win in the uh, Battle Royal to earn title shots in 2012, which kind of helps build them up into the main event scene, but they're not quite there yet. They need to continue to elevate talent, but they also need to uh, elevate the undercard talent because there are some people just floating around in the undercard without really doing anything. TJP. That, yeah, but people like TJP, and, and by having... He would be perfect for like an upper mid card guy. He can put on great matches every time he goes out, and it just doesn't make any sense for him not to be having, you know, not to be doing anything. And they just need to continue to elevate talent. They need, they need to elevate uh, the talent they have on the roster to make to uh, try to get the most out of everybody they have. Mm. All right, uh, number three would be to uh, add depth to the roster. Uh, the roster is kind of thin, uh, especially with the, uh, you know, with uh, Chris here and Claudio Castagnoli leaving. Uh, and, kind of and Daniels. And Cabana and Daniels. Because uh, when you look back at the history of Ring of Honor, you think of all these big names, and the Ring of Honor is kind of lacking that right now. And they need to kind of add depth to the ro- to the roster to kind of fill out the mid-card and the undercard. And, you know, it doesn't have to be big names they bring in. Just if they bring in, like, cheap uh, guys like who are around, like, a territory to go to. Say they go to Chicago. Bring in some people from Chicago. See if they impress. And if they do, bring them back for more appearances. And you know, let them work their way onto the roster. And uh, the same thing could be like they with pro wrestling Noah with uh, the the bravados going there. You know, try to bring in some uh, Japanese talent to help fill out the undercard at the mid card, just a little bit for the shows because that seems to be a big complaint is that there isn't really like not that there's not much talent, but uh, there's like a not enough of the talent in the mid and undercard, and to you know bring in. Some guys, you know, even just for a couple of appearances, would help uh, fill out the mid and undercard for those shows. Hmm. I don't think that's a good idea for like um, one-off appearances and things, but I don't think they need need to really add anyone sort of like permanently to the roster because, you know, you can already see on the TV show they are struggling to sort of, you know, with the one-hour time limit, um, fit all the guys onto the show and keep them all relevant. Like certain guys, as you said earlier, were just sort of floating around. They don't really have any sort of um, important feuds or rivalries or they just sort of make 
random matches thrown together all the time, not really anything consistently going on. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's a good idea to add sort of new guys to one-off appearances. Yeah, I don't think they really needed to sort of come in and have feuds and stuff. I think it's just to give people fresh matchups and for, to give, you know, different opponents for people. Because, you know, the undercard is sort of getting a bit, you know, a bit stale. I mean, you look at Champa, I mean, after TJP, who who is he going to face that he hasn't already faced? I mean, people, people, you know, they just need, you know, new guys to face off with. And it's a good way of sort of getting people who are, have already got, a, you know, a reputation so, you know, they don't have to build them themselves. They can just come in, have a great match with someone, mm. put them over a bit, and then just, you know, that, that's that. And uh, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't want to do that. I mean, especially with, as John said, pro, you know, for us in Noah, there seems to be some sort of relationship building, which is good. I mean, when they used to have the uh, Dragon Gate guys come over, um, when Gabe was sort of booking, I thought, you know, it, it always just add, added a little bit to, to, you know, to the shows. It just, it felt mm. like you were getting the best of, you know, best of the American wrestling and, international and Japanese wrestling as well and I think it just adds a bit of a different flavour to, to shows and freshen things up a bit um, and I know a lot of people are excited with the whole Shikara thing I know we're going to discuss that towards the end aren't we but even you know just just different opponents for people I mean they don't have to be signed they don't have to feature on the TV show or something but just for the live shows just to mm. just to freshen things up, up a bit and um, yeah just just to give people you know something else to look forward to rather than sort of the the same matches that have been seen for the last 12 months or so. Mm, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh, my next uh, thing, resolution for 2012 would be for quicker DVD releases of house shows. Uh, up until just this week, there hadn't been a release of a show since, uh, what, Death Before Dishonor was the last show they released, and they had the Collinsville show, Survival of the Fittest, Glory by Honor, uh, the two North Carolina shows they hadn't released. But this week they're starting to release some of those shows. They released the uh, Gateway of Honor show and they released Survival of the Fittest. So I guess they're getting, they're, I guess they're investing all their time and effort into Final Battle, which prohibited, I guess, uh, put the releasing of these shows on the back burner. But I don't think that's a good thing. They need to kind of get these shows out as quickly as possible to mm. keep the interest level in Ring of Honor up. Because that's something like a promotion such as, uh, let's say, Dragon Gate USA. It takes forever to get their shows out. And because of that, the buzz they have around their shows is pretty much gone by the time they come out. And it, they need it. And if they release them sooner, you know, the buzz would still be there. And that's what Ring of Honor needs to do. They need to, uh, when they have a show, they need to release it within the next, I'd say, within a month, month and a half, if that's even possible. How long did, uh, I mean, I, I don't really collect RH DVDs personally, but, you know, in you know years before, how long did it used to take for the... the the DVDs to come out of shows. Does anyone know? It's always taken quite a, about two months, two or three. Yeah, months. it's it's always taken quite a while, but they just you see it's taken even longer now. And mm. as, as John said, I mean, I suppose because Ring Runner used to basically just be a DVD product. That's the only way they got their income. So yeah, there's no TV or pay per view. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I still think DVDs are still going to be a key part of the, the income. I mean, and I, I I think it's pretty bad. They're only just I mean. They've only just released Survivor of the Fittest from this year, and we're already in 2012. I think, you know, there's, there's got to be a, a better way of sort of getting the turnaround quicker. I mean, I know they do it in house, but is it um, is Shikara who I think they do it with Smart Mark Video, and literally the next day their yeah. DVDs are like have been maybe not released, but they're in like pre-order and everything. And I think within a week they have them out and sent to people. I mean, 
Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a good idea because, like, say, Survival of the Fittest, for example, um, the week that happened, they could have said, you know, DVD is coming, like, in a month, pre-order now. Like, as soon as all the buzz is around Elgin yeah. winning, straight away that transitions into purchases. Because now, all these months later, you know, we've just had the huge final battle show. Some people, not necessarily a lot, but some will be like, what happened at Survival of the Fist? It might not be, like, fresh on the mind. Like, you know, it would have been if, the you know, they could have pre-ordered it last year or, or purchased it, like, a month after it happened or whatever. Mm, and especially if the people have spent $15 on a pay-per-view, they might not be willing to spend another $20 on a, a DVD that, kept, you know, should have come out a couple of months ago as well. I mean, mm. there's, there's got to be some sort of quicker way to, to get, you know, to get them out because... Um, as John said, you need to sort of capitalise on the buzz of the events. I mean, after some, you know, after Survival of the Fittest, it should be a, you know, a month, even a month's quite long in my opinion. It should be a couple, you know, two to three weeks at the most, just to, you know, because that, that's when you're going to get the most, you know, out of it as well. That's when mm. people are still going to be, um, you know, still going to be fresh in their minds. And the the thing is, people want to follow the product throughout the year. I mean, really, that them sort, you know, Survival of the Fittest and the Collinsville show now. If you want to go back and watch them. They're just going to be, you know, there's not going to be anything sort of added by the storylines or anything. It's just basically you're just going to be watching the matches, which, you know, isn't a bad thing. But or everything they use to sort of further storylines and everything, it's just going to be completely lost because they mm. released it so far yeah, afterwards. it's not relevant anymore, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like if I saw the Final Battle, you kind of saw the end of the story. Like, why would I want to go back to the middle of the story with, like, the Collinsville shows and stuff? It just, mm. I just, it, it. They just, like I said, they need to capitalize on the buzz. And if they would have released it sooner, like before Final Battle, I'm pretty sure a whole lot of people would have bought it just to see what they did to further further the build up into the show. Mm, yeah. Like, if possible, they need to release the DVDs before like the pay per view they're building up to. I know that's not always going to be possible, but that's what they need to try to do. Yeah. What's your uh, next uh, resolution? And my final one is this is the biggest one. They need to improve production. Oh, definitely, yeah. I've shown some friends who who like wrestling during a bonner, and they couldn't get into it because of how bad the production quality was. And and I'm not saying they need to be WWE or TNA uh, quality-wise, but they need to be better than what they are. There's no reason they can't be better than what they are because they're constantly missing spots. Like, Final Battle was almost laughable at times with how bad it was production-wise with the... uh, you know, the slow-motion robot voice in the background of those replays. And <laughs> continuing to do it over and over and over again is, I don't know, it, it just seems amateur at times what they're doing. And when they're trying to provide what they call the best wrestling in the world, and that's how they present it, it this doesn't seem right to me. They just need to improve production. And by doing that, I'm sure people who are giving it a you know, first-time chance will, you know, see the wrestling and be impressed by it. And then see the production and you're not... F- Pretty much, if you're not complaining about production, is you know, is, is good enough, and by the by the fact that we're even having to mention it is a mm. problem. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. You know, for casual wrestling fans that are used to you know the WWE and the TNA sort of level of production, and then they switch on Ring of Honor <laughs> and just they see the huge contrast. I think that will be off-putting to a lot of people. And uh, what what puzzles me is, I mean, obviously, I don't produce a TV show, so I know nothing about this, but um, on the the TV show, which is, you know, recorded months in advance, um, so they've got loads of time to prepare it, there's still some spots that are missed by the cameraman, which which confuses me, because they have more than one cameraman, so I don't understand how they all can miss the spot. I mean, it just confuses me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, as, 
as you know, as you both have said, I mean, the Ring of Honor is never going to have, you know, the the production values of a WWE or a TNA, but that that's not the point really. I mean, it's sort of it has to be good enough not to put people off. I mean, if that yeah. if you're letting production get in the way of people watching your product, then you're not doing a good enough job, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose yeah, even the TV shows. You said some of the lighting's not great; it's a bit dark and a bit. Yeah, TV. they need to definitely fix the lighting because when they go outside the ring, sometimes you can't see it and yeah. Uh... I mean, the HD net show was, in terms of production, well, at least in the sort of the camera work was a lot better. But mm. um, as you as you say, they're a television, you know, a television broadcaster, and they own the company. So, and in my opinion, if anything, the production's got worse since S3G took over, not better. Which Final Battle was the worst of just, the sort of high pay per views I've seen. Yeah, definitely. the The whole replay thing was just completely ridiculous. Mm. Why they didn't just stop after the the first two happened, I don't know. And you know, even the graphics were wrong. They were saying the opening match was main event and stuff. And yeah, I mean, that's someone that, you know, whoever made that in Photoshop, you think would notice that they're putting the opener yeah. as the main and event. Then, and before they've got misspelled Nigel's name on on the graphics on a TV show. It's just, yeah. them, it's just little things like that that just, you know, everything should be perfect, especially on the TV show. You say they've got, you got you know, so weeks trying to polish it, to, yeah. To, you know, to, to make it look great and... Um, I think I think the main thing is just the camera work. I mean, for the TV show, I think it's just you know the camera work and sort of the lighting because sort of the intro looks fine. The sort of the pre-match graphics are, are okay. It is just sort of the camera work missing spots really on the TV show, and the eye pay per view. You know, it it would be a good thing to have replays, but if that's what happens when you try to do replays, I think it would be best if they just left. Yeah, if that, if it's gonna if it's gonna cause that many problems, then just yeah. don't bother because. It's better to not have replays than to have that sort of mess because people will talk about a mess a lot longer than no replays, that's for sure. Mm. Another thing I've noticed, it's probably on the TV show as well as the uh, pay-per-views, is the just sort of the audio. Um, you can never really hear the wrestler's theme sort of distinctly. I think I noticed it more on the TV show. I don't know if that's just me. Um, no, I think that they just always sound like they're in the background. They, they don't sound very sort of prominent. I mean, I know in sort of a WWE or a TNA... You know, you hear the music, you instantly know who's coming out. I mean, how many Ring of Honor themes do you know? I mean, I can think of a couple that I'd recognise, but a lot of the guys, I'm like, do they even have music? I mean, they need to sort of make make sure you can actually hear the themes while they're entering, because a lot of the times you, you, you can't at all. You can just mm. hear the crowd or a very sort of muffled sound in the background. And the the one thing I hope they really do with the camera work is I hope, I hope they just stop doing that horrible close-up of the face when they do the backstage segments with people and they yeah just, that's they just that's, zoom that's in on people's faces that's at completely random times that don't warrant a zoom in and make but it that, white as that well. one that i remember when strong was in that camp strong thing and they zoomed in on that creepy woman's face and it was just disturbing and just didn't need to happen yeah we, we don't need close-ups unless no, they're that. kevin steen's lawyers yeah obviously that one worked well because yeah then they should only close-ups yeah <laughs> Another thing I'd like to comment on um, sort of production-wise, it's not about the TV show, but it's about the website. Um, I think a lot of the graphics they use on the website are quite sort of... Crap. Uh, yeah, that's the only way to put it. <laughs> I was trying to think of sort of a, another nicer way to put it, but, you know, I have no training in Photoshop whatsoever. Um, it's just something I've picked up over the years doing a little bit, and... All of the graphics, I mean, I don't know if everyone agrees, but all the graphics that I've put up, like the Final Battle logo, um, the, the, the um, graphics for the awards, the graphics for matches coming up, you know, all the stuff that I'm doing, 
in like a few minutes looks a lot more professional than what they put. I mean, um, some of the the graphics they have on their website like are all blurred and like jaggy things with low resolution. Like some of the cutouts of logos are like you can still see the black of behind the Ring of Honor logo because they haven't cut it out properly, and it just it just looks sort of. I don't know how amateur. to describe it. Amateur, that's the word I'm looking for. It looked just looked really amateur. And, you know, it's supposed to be a real professional company. And when you want to go to the website, you should give off that image that, you know, this is a um, professional company. And mm. I, I, don't, I just don't understand why the website graphics look so bad because, you know, the, the graphics on the TV show, it says tail of the tape. That looks fine. And the DVD sort of box arts look fine. But Yeah, the DVD box arts have always been, been great. Yeah. But I'm not sure if they get an outside company to do that or they... They've got a special guy who just does the DVD box art and nothing else. I mean, I just don't know because, I mean, the, the actual website itself is a lot better than the old one, but there's still mm. some sort of kinks where sometimes it just doesn't load and it's really, really slow to respond sometimes, especially on like mobile devices as well. And um, but yeah, I mean, some of the some of the graphics look like they've been done in paint. I mean, the recent awards ones, it was just like they've used like a medieval font. It's like why? It's yeah, just, it's really bad. I mean. They've not even used like the Ring of Honor font that they have. It's just yeah, it's just it's, it's just disappointing just... knowing that. I mean, knowing how easy it is to do better. I mean, they just have to get anyone who does any sort of web or graphic design can make anything better than some of the stuff they put on their website. Right. So and it's just like little things like we had the Microsoft final battle and they just didn't have any. Did they have any images for any of their matches? I'm not sure. Mm, I mean, no, they didn't. No. I think they've done like sort of mini micro mini microsites for sort of uh, iPad reviews in the past, and they've done about two two match images and then just not bothered with the rest it's just sort of mm. yeah. it's just little things like that that really in my opinion just put you know just make make it look like they they sort of care about the fans more and just they just give the, the fans a bit more that's why we have rhl.com it's the uh best plug in the gap. <laughs> is that your uh last resolution there john or is there any sort of thoughts you'd like to add to our sort of production rant <laughs> Uh, no, there's pretty much covered everything and then more. So, <laughs> um, so is there any sort of like thoughts or anything else you'd like to add of what you'd like to see change, perhaps in 2012? I'd like to see. Uh, uh, no, never mind. It kind of went on along with what I was saying earlier. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, that wraps up our sort of discussion. Sort of look back at 2011 with our awards and uh, look forward into 2012. Um, I believe we're now going to do a quick discussion on some of the news items over the past two weeks um, because we haven't um, talked about news due to um, we had an interview with Carino, then we re- um, reviewed Final Battle. So we haven't done the usual format for a while, but um, that will resume next week. Um, regarding the TV show, I believe the last two have all been um, sort of uh, recaps. They've showed old matches, so that's why we haven't been uh, reporting on those on the website. I think Stephen will be doing that um, as normal starting this week. Um this week, I believe, features a proving ground match between Wrestling Scrapes Tag Team and the House of Truth, which happened at Northern Aggression or Southern Defiance. I honestly cannot remember which one. Um, before we move into the news, well, I suppose this is sort of news, but what do you think about them showing this proving ground match now that, you know, Haas and Benjamin aren't the tag champs and they could have picked any match from, the, the, you know, these four shows that have happened um, sort of... Uh, Survivor of the Fittest or one of the Carolina shows. It is kind of weird, I guess, but I guess they're trying to capitalize on how popular the uh, wrestling trios tag team is outside of Ring of Honor, like to the casual wrestling fans who might recognize them from WWE, so they might just 
you know, happen to flip on and see them and, you know, stick around. But it is a weird pick to have that match with the one they're showing this week. Because you're seeing as the match at the final, <clears throat> final battle was just so confusing. People are going to turn it, not tune in, and be even more confused. It doesn't continue on, does it? Because uh, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team turned heel, basically. And now they're going to be wrestling as faces with the tag belts on the TV show. And for a lot of people who don't follow the product you know, as much as we do, it's going to be a little confusing. And it's like, you know, perhaps they did watch Final Battle, and now they're putting on the next week's TV show and... Wait a minute, the, the the champs again? I mean, hopefully on commentary or some sort of intro by Kevin Kelly will explain that you know that it did happen before. But I still think you know they could have picked another match that you know whether it ha- was seen before or after final battle, it, it didn't make a difference. I think that'd be uh, a better idea. Um, there's been a lot of sort of matches announced recently for the um, TV tapings in Baltimore um, this Saturday, which we're going to recap next week, um, which will be in a special spoiler section at the end of the show. But um, the main two pieces of news that we want to cover here on the uh, podcast today is that uh, Chris Hero will be part of the uh, homecoming show in Philadelphia on in January. Um, has his opponent been announced at all? No, his opponent hasn't been named yet, but um, I'm, I'm sure he'll put on a, you know, a good match. And it seems like this will probably be his last appearance before um, heading off to WWE, you know, if it ends up that he, he does. I understand that he's having another medical if, is it the, this month? Yeah, this month will be end of this month, month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if that goes through, then I expect that probably one of his last appearances. So, ROH. I'm not really sure who they're going to put him up against. Maybe someone like Edwards, just to give um, Eddie a, a big win after you know that, the disappointing uh, loss in at final battle. Or if uh, I think someone on the form just have him against someone like Algin or um, mm-hmm. Champer and put them over and. Because I think really he should be used now just to put some of the guys who need a bit of a push just to put them over and because uh, yeah. you know obviously he's not going to be in ring runner for for much longer so they should sort of just um, use his uh, sort of popularity and his um, sort of standing in the company to really help someone else I think. Hmm, that's a good idea. How about you, John? Yeah, I'd pretty much do that too. I'd have uh, somebody who is on the rise go over Hero to really boost their uh, stock in the company because I, I imagine this probably will be Hero's uh, last appearance for Ring of Honor at least for the foreseeable future mm. so I, I would use it to uh, the next yeah. go on sorry I was just repeating what I was saying <laughs> uh, the next bit of news is that uh, the Briscoes will be facing a tag team from Shikara is that correct um, is it a proving ground match it is yeah yeah um, we don't actually know what team it is Um Stephen, I don't believe you follow Shakara, and I don't personally. Um, I think John does. John, are you the local uh, Shakara expert to like share? I am the resident Shakara expert, yeah. Any sort of tag teams that jump into your mind of, you know, who'd like to see come in and face the Briscoes in this match? Well, the first team I thought of would be uh, Fist, uh, Johnny Gargano and Chuck Taylor, but with their uh, being signed to Dragon Gate USA as well, I can't see them you know, being in a proven ground match. I got to thinking, like, uh, maybe a team such as uh, Mike Quackenbush and Jigsaw, who have teamed in uh, in other promotions as well as Chikara, could be the team that gets the uh, gets the, gets the uh, proven ground match. Because I, I think it's a good idea to have a team from Chikara, because Chikara, over the past couple of years, has become extremely popular, and mm. especially in uh, Philadelphia. And it makes sense for uh, 
Ring of Honor hasn't run there in a while to try to bring in people like that to try to get more people into their show. And you know, having Mike Quackenbush and Jigsaw would be a, would, against the Briscoes would be a fantastic match. Having somebody such as the team such as like Ultramantis Black and Hall of Wicked would be a really good match. Uh, the Colony would be a fantastic match. But uh, I don't know, I'm personally hoping it's Quackenbush and Quackenbush and uh, Jigsaw. But there's just a lot of good teams, and it might not even be a you know, an established team in Chikara. It could just be two random Chikara people brought in to kind of represent the company. Hmm. Which, you know, maybe somebody, I I, I don't know. I, it, I'm, I'm excited to see who it is, and I'm not sure if they're going to announce it before the show or if they're going to make it be a surprise at the show, but I'm just excited to see who they bring in and if it, you know, kind of sets up a working relationship between Chikara and Ring of Honor. Is that something you'd like to see going forward? Would you like to see you know, more guys from Shikara um, be at ROH events? Uh, I would, but I'm not really sure how it fit in because Shikara is more of a uh, kind of a goofy promotion. They run kind of silly storylines. They have over-the-top characters that you know Ring of Honor doesn't have. You know, they have a group of you know fighting ants. They have you know a tag team <laughs> of ice cream cones. You know, they, that's I'm not sure how it would work in Ring of Honor, but I'd be excited to to see it like. Because I'm a fan of both companies, and and I'd just like to see how uh, Ring of Honor and Chikara kind of mesh with each other. Because there are people in Ring of Honor that I like to see wrestling people in Chikara, and vice versa. And in a couple months ago, Eddie Edwards actually made a appearance in Chikara, and you know, maybe that opened the doors for a working relationship going into the future. And it would just be something that I'd really like to see. Because there's people in Chikara I'd like to see wrestle people in Ring of Honor. Mm. Uh, another little news tidbit, um, I don't think we had this planned, but I just remembered it, was that um, on one of the news wires, they announced that the TV title will um, now only be defended on TV shows and pay-per-views and not on any um, you know, DVD-only events. Um, do you think this is a good idea, having sort of like, you know, reduced title matches and only having them on the TV show and uh, pay-per-view? Yeah, I like it. Uh, it. That way they can do the Proving Ground matches on the our shows and it has like some some more importance to them because it's mm. called the TV title. It's not called the you know DVD title. <laughs> it, I, I understand where they come from and I and I and I agree with it. As long as they uh, feature it more on television, like have the guy have the uh, champion you know wrestle at least like every other week or something like that on the TV to defend mm. the title. Yeah. And um, speaking of the TV title as well, um, they announced that Bennett will be getting a one-on-one title shot against Lethal at uh, the uh, TV tapings um, in Baltimore uh, tomorrow, actually, on Saturday. Uh, do you think Bennett will get the title here? Cause I do, we, yeah. We I all expect, Yeah, I do as well, because we all expected it to happen at Final Battle. And, you know, when they announced this match, it just seems like, you know, it, it, he has to get the belt here, surely, because... He'd be yeah, but... third, third uh, title match, won't he, in a few months? So yeah, without, I mean, I think if he loses, it'll be quite, you know, be sort of burying him. And obviously, with Lethal having the world title shot and um, and everything, I think, yeah, I think Benny will win. But then it's sort of why not think, do it at what, final battle? Yeah, why didn't he win a final battle? Do they do they think that some people might, you know, that a TV, TV show uh, watchers might not have bought the pay per view and they, they think pe- more people will sit on the TV show? I'm not sure. Perhaps they just want to have a big moment on the TV show to sort of, you know, uh, anything can happen on the TV show. Look, a title just change hands, like get more. Yeah, maybe. Because... Perhaps, I don't know, but. Yeah, I'd... but I, I think he will win it, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that wraps up sort of the uh, the major news pieces that we haven't uh, had a chance to cover yet on the podcast. I believe uh, Stephen's got some questions that uh, our listeners have sent to us on the forum, which is uh, com slash forum. Um, you can also tweet us questions at roh underscore world or go on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash roh world. Uh, do you have the uh, questions with you now, Stephen? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, these have been posted on our forum. I believe a lot of them were posted uh, about, about, a few, about a few weeks ago, but obviously with these sort of special um, episodes we had around Final Battle that we haven't actually got around to answer them yet, but we will do uh, do that now. First one from uh, Lariato. He says, do you watch Dragon Gate USA? If so, would you like to see a feud with the company along the lines of the ROH CZW feud? And which Dragon Gate USA wrestlers would you like to see ROH try to sign? Um, I can't comment because I've never watched. I think I've watched one of their. Sh- <laughs> I think I've watched one of their shows, and I don't know. I've never really been able to to get into Dragon Gate really, which I've heard lots of good things about it. So that's a shame. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the ROH and CZW feud was just which is brilliant. So if they could sort of do that sort of thing again, I think that would be, be great. But obviously with Gabe now being there and you know relationships aren't that great between Drenge and ROH, so it's pretty unlikely. But, um, John, I mean, are you a big uh, Drenge USA watcher? Uh, I watched it when it first came out, but I kind of grew tired of it because, I don't know, I guess, like we were saying earlier, how they never how it took forever to release the shows. Mm. And now they're doing the, uh, you know, every show's eye pay per view and having, you know, three shows a weekend when they do shows, that's a bit overkill. But yeah, I think th- three, three in a weekend is yeah a lot. Um, and in terms of wrestlers, I mean, the one guy I've seen quite a lot of is Pack, and I've always liked him. I think he's just got so much to offer, and I think he'd fit into Ring of Honor so well as well. So I think he's he'd be definitely uh, one of the guys I'd, I'd choose to bring in. I mean, do you think of any of those? I know you're a big. Uh, Johnny Gargano, yeah, Johnny Gargano fan, aren't you? Yeah, I'd love to see Johnny Gargano in uh, Ring of Honor. There's, because I would love to see a feud between you know Ring of Honor and and uh, Dragon Gate USA just for the talent, you know, exchange between the two and who all would be brought in, vice versa. Because I would love to see you know Ricochet versus somebody in Ring of Honor. Ricochet versus El Generico would be a crazy high flying match. Uh, somebody Akira Tozawa had like a great 2011. You know, became one of the biggest stars in independent wrestling. People, like you said, Pack and like Shingo, who's been in Ring of Honor before, see him again. Somebody and people like Johnny Gargano and Rich Swan and Chuck Taylor, like they all just I think would fit in so great with Ring of Honor and just make for you know just tremendous matches with people who are on the roster already. And it would just be a great feud to watch just for the quality of the matches alone. Like you don't even really need to have a storyline other than. Hey, let's see who you know which promotion's better with, and let's throw these matches out there, and that would be enough to sell so many DVDs just for the dream matches that would be made out of the combination of these two rosters. Hmm, I agree with that. Um, a couple of questions that are sort of not relevant now that we've uh, run some of them now. Um, this one from Deadpool. He says, "Who do you think will be RH's breakout star of 2012?" Um, I know we've sort of done our um, awards 2011, but breakout star of 2012. I think I'm going to go for TJP. Actually, I think he's just as we've said. As we've said, he's just got it. You know, he's just so good in the ring that I think sooner or later he's going to be sort of climbing the ladder up uh, ROH. I mean, I think his promo work isn't maybe isn't the strongest, but I think he's he's improving on that that part. And 
he's just yeah he's just so good in the ring. He's I think he can get a you know a good match out of anyone, and the the match at final battle against Algin sort of proved that um you know he can put good matches on with you know the bigger guys or even the smaller guys. So I think breakout star maybe not in terms of maybe fans who sort of know about TJP at the moment, but I think especially in the newer ring of Honor fans who aren't that up you know clued up on his on his past and and stuff. I think um. He could really be sort of a major player, sort of coming into 2012, and he, sh- he should definitely be someone who's getting a a bigger push than what he's received so far. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you there, but it just doesn't look like Ring of Honor going in that direction with him. You know, ever since he's been signed, um, off the top of my head, he's had one victory against Mike Mondo, if I'm right there. I um, think he's won a couple of the sh- against. Um, OVW guys on the TV show. I think he's won two, hasn't he? I think. Mm. But I mean, like you know, he's such a such a talented guy, and he just doesn't seem like he's someone they want to push as sort of like a, a sort of proper contender for the TV title or anything like that. But I definitely think that they should sort of change their attitude toward TJP and push him in that direction. Um, another guy I think could be uh, a break definitely breakout star next year would be Adam Colt. That's what uh, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think. Future Shock, I don't really know what's happening with them right now, because um, obviously O'Reilly seems to be with um, Team Richards and is teaming up with Davey at a couple of events um, in later this month. But um, I definitely could see Adam Cole uh, being a great sort of star of this year. Um, you know, I, I think Future Shock will split at some point just because of you know the whole Team Richards angle. I mean, how can O'Reilly, O'Reilly be in two teams? I think maybe Cole might turn on. O'Reilly or something will happen, but I could definitely see you know Adam Cole being a good uh, single star in 2012. Yeah, I'd love to see a heel. Adam Cole to sort of say screw you to Cole O'Reilly and go out on his own. I mean, I know he's had some great matches in CDW as a heel, and um, I mean, I think he's definitely the stronger of the two in terms of promo work, and mm. I think in the ring he's just. I mean, personally, I don't find sort of the MMA style as as entertaining as just sort of just the technical wrestling yeah i agree side. Yeah. so in my opinion Cole, um cole is the better of the two so mm. um as you say they seem to be forgetting future shot which, which is in my opinion disappointing the, the wrong wrong choice i mean i think o'reilly's getting over enough with with cole he doesn't need to be in sort of piggybacking off um davy to sort of try and get him over so and you know davy's the world champion he doesn't really need his team with him or anyone else he should just no, be you no. know he's the face of the company he should just be on his own as you know the champion he's supposed to be the best he shouldn't need anyone in his corner mm, but yeah i think adam cole as a heel single star would be uh something to sort of really look forward to mm. right the last one this is quite a, a broad question this is from cv and he says if you're an rh booker how would you book 2012 um, wow, this is going to be a long podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, would do, I would do a great job. That, that, that could be a podcast of its own, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, give Steen the belt. Um, personally, I would do it at Showdown in the Sun just to, um, I think, I don't know if it's just our forum or just the New York fans, but it does feel like some people are starting to turn on Davey a bit. And I don't think, you know, dragging on his title reign much longer would be a good idea. And I think. You know, with the TV show and all the events they've got lined up, there's plenty of time to build up to a good match, um, a, t- a title match at Shining in the Sun. Um, apart from that, you know, res- the resolutions we've talked about um, improve the production, but booking-wise, um, how about you guys? Anything else? It's hard to sort of look forward 12 months and think, 
you know, what would you do? I mean, I think definitely Steam getting about at some stage. Mm. I think if possible, I would try and hold off to final battle and sort of see how it goes. And if fans are start getting sick around, maybe tread out the sun, do it at the um, sort of late summer pay-per-view, which will probably be um, Death Before the Sun or Blood Baron or something like that. Mm. Um, so the TV title, I think, I think Bennett will win it this weekend. And then, I don't even know, maybe Adam Cole sort of, but then, um, yeah, maybe Adam Cole sort of going towards the TV title, and I'd like to see him as the champion towards the end of 2012. Maybe as you know, as a as a heel, I think. He could feud with TJ Perkins. I think that'd be a uh, pretty yeah, good to see. Yeah, those two guys have put on really good matches. Yeah, um, tag belts. I think ANX should be the next next champs. I'd I'd have them sort of coming back from injury, and maybe have them have a few matches before getting the Briscoe shot, and maybe have them winning the the belts at Showdown in the Sun, something like that, or. Mm. Um, I don't think I don't think I'd want them to beat the Briscoes just because that match was done so much last year and they they won the big ladder war I'd rather see them perhaps defeat the Young Bucks perhaps which would make Mm. sense because you know the Briscoes have turned face now and the Young Bucks are you know in storyline the reason why Reptitus is injured and uh, Kenny King's facing one of the books at the uh, the TV tapings this week so it does look like they're leading to a feud between those teams so I think it would be a good way for them to get the belts. You know, he comes back from injury and they defeat the books for the belts. But I don't know. Obviously, I don't know how long Rhett's out for, so that might not even work. Mm, the problem is, Ring of Honor don't really have many um, champions, do they? So it's sort of. I mean, do they normally have more than two different champions for each belt in in a you know you know in a calendar year? It's it's not very often. So um, yeah, when you're trying to pick who you know who would you put the belt on, it's sort of. Would it fit in with who the current champion is, and sort of, you know, where would you go from there? But yeah. um, I, th- I think that you know Jim Cornette and Delirious have got a lot of uh, sort of stuff to work on in 2005. I think I think 2011 was was good from a booking standpoint, apart from towards the end. I think mm. final battle was sort of a bit of a sour note, really. I think they just, yeah. there was about two or three decisions, I th- personally, that they I think that, that they made that were just completely the wrong decision. Um, mm. I just hope. I mean, early signs from you know what they seem to be doing are good, in my opinion. They seem to be trying to bring in sort of new talent and freshen things up, and hopefully uh, that will continue. And 2012 will be uh, just as good, if not better, than 2011. I'd like to see um, removal of any sort of focus on MMA at all, because I think get rid of Team Richards. It's not needed. Davey can do fine on his own. I think. Um, don't try and have MMA matches like American Strong Style matches, whatever that match was called, with uh, O'Reilly and Davey. I don't think that's what Ring of Honor needs to focus on. Um, they need to just focus on purely on wrestling, personally. Do you guys agree with that? Yes, 100%. Mm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Davey Richards needs to get a finisher and not kicks to the head. That that needs to be uh, def- definitely brought in. Yeah, it's pretty difficult to market a champion that doesn't have a finisher move. And mm. I mean, I'm not sure what they'd call it. I'm sure Kevin Kelly would come up with a the American Fantastic Wolf. He, he would call it the American Wolf, whatever it is. <laughs> right, the um, the last question from the forum. Um, actually, no, sorry, it's not from the forum. It's from Twitter. It's from um, at Denim Dave, who says, will we see Dan Seven in ROH again? Uh, I here's, here, here's how I see it. Kevin Steen versus uh, Baby Richards <laughs> for the title. Ref, ref bump. Down comes... Down comes Eddie Edwards, lays out Davey Richards. Uh, Dean pins him, Dan Severn down for the three count. <laughs> what? 
Dan Severn's a new referee, then. Dan Severn referee. If he, if he wears the uh, Jimmy Jacobs referee shirt, you know, it counts. <laughs> I, I don't think we'll see Dan Severn again. I mean, he had all that build about how he was going to be such a great trainer for Edwards and then didn't do anything. He served no purpose at Final Battle. So hopefully we won't see him again. I mean, it, I can imagine how stupid it would be if, like, Davey went, I've got a new trainer, Dan Severn, and just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I'm, hope that... We don't Maybe see him. Sabrin and a uh, versus El Generico in a mask versus mustache match. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully first. we just don't see him again. I don't see he he doesn't. Really I, I think the, the one match oh, that he booked for 2012 is Dan Seven against Truth Martini. Am I the only one that wants to see that match? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, come on, that... well, Truth Martini getting beat up the entire time. Uh, well, yeah. I think Patrick Strong and Elgin want some revenge on Dan Seven because he beat the crap out of both of them at Final yeah. Battle as well. He's so. beaten up by a 75 year old man. That's quite embarrassing. Mm. Even though he has about a thousand MMA wins. <laughs> Is that the uh, the last question from the sort yeah, of that's forum it. type thing? Okay, uh, thank you for listening to the show. We uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to uh, all your support for the website over 2011. We uh, hope you'll continue to support us through uh, throughout 2012. Um, it's going to be our one-year anniversary in a, about a month's time, I think. February 8th, I think, Stephen? Um, I believe so, yeah. I'm sure we'll have some amazing one-year extravaganza planned. Who knows what it will be. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, as I said, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to Stephen and John for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, be sure to share your feedback on the forum and uh, share your opinions in the Fan Awards. And we will see you all next week. And uh, we'll talk about the TV results and also the spoilers from the tapings in Baltimore. See you next week. Anyone else we want to sort of discuss as why they didn't get it or just move on? Um, well, David didn't win it because of his shitty Team Richard thing. <laughs> well, we don't want to put that in. So. <laughs>